This is News Talk 980 CKNW. Thanks for being with us this morning. Well, we talk a lot about rental stock in this city. It's an issue in other cities as well. But we do tend to focus on people unable to find rental housing. We talk about short-term rentals and their impact on the rental housing stock. People who want to have short-term rentals in their homes, saying it's their private property. And if they want to do that, they should be able to. There is a new report out, though, that takes a look at the effects of companies such as Airbnb when looking at rentals and who is actually behind the rentals. And joining me on the line to talk a bit more about the report is lead author David Walksmith. He is the lead author. It's called Short-Term Cities, Airbnb's Impact on Canadian Housing Markets. David, thank you so much for being with us. Hi, it's a pleasure to be here. So you took a look at Airbnb and particularly in Toronto, Montreal and Vancouver. Uh, Maybe walk us through a bit what you were looking at in this report. Yeah, for sure. Um, we know that there's been a lot of concern in cities across Canada and um, elsewhere in the world about the impact that Airbnb and other short-term rental services are having on our housing markets, particularly the, the concern that a lot of communities have expressed is um, our, our long-term houses for residents being kind of taken off the market and converted to short-term homes for tourists. And so I wanted to see uh, what the evidence uh, could tell us about that, particularly by looking at Canada's three biggest cities and comparing them. And what uh, we found in a nutshell with this study is that um, Airbnb has been growing enormously in all three cities. And in particular, it's been growing in some problematic ways, which is to say there's more and more of the action on Airbnb is uh, entire homes. Um, it's full-time entire homes, which, you know, can no longer be, are very unlikely to have a permanent resident living in them. And it's also concentrated in a smaller and smaller group of players. So you have kind of larger commercial operators doing more of the action on Airbnb, which is kind of contrary to the idea we might have of, you know, it's a family who rents their apartment, uh, their house while they're away for the weekend. Um, you were showing, or in in the report, there's one particular, um, one of the, the uh, that you've pointed out as one of the top five Airbnbs in Toronto, a 2,000-square-foot penthouse, uh, 529 bucks a night. Yeah, exactly. And there's, uh, you know, so the numbers are, are comparable in uh, Montreal and Vancouver as well. There are, there's definitely a, a real high end. Um, but, you know, I, actually, I think maybe even kind of more, uh, more important and more, in some senses more worrying to look at is not so much the, the, the listings themselves that are super expensive, but more that the fact that actually so much of the activity on Airbnb um, even for the kind of for the, the relatively modest uh, homes uh, that probably mo- more tourists would be likely to stay in, um, they're 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 being operated by large scale, um, in many cases, commercial uh, firms. So we see an enormous growth in the number of, of listings that where it's you know it's it's not just one host renting out their primary uh, home. It's uh, a host who has five, ten, fifty, a hundred or more. Um, separate listings that they're managing across the entire city, really operating like a kind of large-scale commercial landlord. And how were you able to do the study and get the information? I'm guessing Airbnb wasn't open with just giving it to you. Yeah, that's a very good question, and you're and you're right about that. Um, Airbnb has been notoriously um, secretive about their their data, um, and this is true even when cities have requested it. And in one case in, in New York, the New York State Attorney General had to subpoena Airbnb to get them to um, share their data, and Airbnb fought that in court tooth and nail. Um, so they, they haven't handed over any data to me. I work with um, a consulting firm called AirDNA, which has been going to the Airbnb website every day since 2014 and downloading all the information about every single listing um, every single day for the last three years. Um, so we have a, a data set of 
about 80 million transactions, every property in, in the three Canadian cities, every single day. And we've done some pretty, uh, <laughs> some pretty detailed spatial analysis to kind of combine all those data points and come up with estimates. Um, so it's not, it's not going to be perfect, the same kind of level of detail that if Airbnb were cooperating, but we think we've come about as close as is possible to come with, what's, uh, with the data that's available to the public. Uh, so what do you say to, and this is a spokesperson with Airbnb who actually was interviewed by the Star and a quote yeah. that was in the Star saying um, that uh, you have a history or the author has a history of manipulating uh, data to misrepresent hosts, uh, going on to say the fact is just 760 Airbnb entire home listings or 0.07% of the entire housing stock in Toronto are rented, rented frequently enough to outcompete a long-term rental, undercutting the author's baseless conclusions about housing units removed. <laughs> yeah, well, I mean, you know, there are a couple of things to say about that. The first is that the, 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 the methodology that I'm using is very common. Um, you know, they, uh, every researcher, basically, who isn't going to, um, who isn't kind of uh, working hand-in-hand with Airbnb, and, you know, they'll, they'll only uh, share their data with researchers that they think are going to support their own conclusions. So all, every, every university researcher who's working in an independent way is working, is doing the same kind of thing I'm doing, which is relying on, pub, on, on the information we can get from the public Airbnb website and analyzing it to come to conclusions. Um, so that's what I've done. Um, the, what I think is actually interesting is that um, one of the things that Airbnb says in that statement is they say, you know, 80% of our hosts are just families renting out their, their primary residences on occasion. And the thing about that is that I agree with them. My data comes up to the exact same number. But what they don't tell you there, and I, what I think is worth focusing on, is that that 80% of hosts is actually only responsible for a, a, a very small slice of the actual activity that's happening on the platform. Actually, 90% of hosts, so even more than their 80%, only account for about 45% of all the actual revenue that's being generated. The, you, they, they want to paint a picture of lots of families kind of occasionally renting their, their homes, and there's some of that happening. I think that that's great, by the way. I think everybody should be able to you go away for the weekend, put your home on Airbnb. That's kind of win-win. But actually, it's 10% of hosts the much bigger players who are generating a majority of the revenue on the platform. So that's a very different story. And then as far as, um, you know, their, their disagreement with me about how many full-time homes are on the service, they're referring to a study that they conducted, an internal study that wasn't subject to um, scientific peer review. I've looked at the study, and frankly, uh, the, the methods are are not um, not what would pass muster um, in a university. Um, if I use my data and use their assumptions, I come to about the same conclusion, but they're just the wrong assumptions. Um, my estimate is that about 4,000 homes in Vancouver um, are on Airbnb sufficiently frequently that it's unlikely that they have a primary resident. And I think that if they use their internal data and use the same kind of assumptions I'm using, which are kind of accepted in the scientific community, and they'd be forced to come to the same conclusions. We have an issue with empty homes in Vancouver, though. So how do you yeah. know for sure that if that house wasn't on Airbnb, it would be rented full-time? Well, yeah. So, you know, actually, Vancouver is a very, very interesting um, place to look at this. And, of course, uh, it's, it's suffering from a, a really enormous uh, housing affordability crisis. I think that the issue of empty homes and the issue of Airbnb, they're actually kind of, they're, they're two sides of the same coin. Um, you know, actually, I've been doing a lot of research on empty homes in, um, uh, in Vancouver as well. And um, well, my conclusion is that um, empty homes are a, f- a phenomenon of people who are, you know, investing in properties. They don't want to live in them. They're trying to make money off them. And sometimes it's just easier not to bother with a tenant 
because it preserves your kind of flexibility about what you want to do with your property. You're really, you know, the main money you're making is based on the property value increasing year over year, and uh, the, the rent that a tenant could bring in isn't going to make a big difference there, particularly when it comes with the drawbacks of tenants have rights. They can, you know, they, uh, uh, they kind of impose on you as a landlord. Airbnb doesn't impose on you in the same way. So somebody, particularly people who own uh, investment for condos, not the kind of multi, multi, multi-millionaires who have big mansions in Dunbar, but the, the you know, condos downtown, um, they don't want permanent uh, tenants for those apartments, but uh, they could be happy to put them on Airbnb. Um, so, it's kind of, so basically, in some sense, the existence of short-term rental platforms um, is kind of helping make the empty homes uh, problem a problem because it makes it kind of more viable for uh, property investors and speculators to buy homes and not find full-time tenants. My suspicion is that if you were unable to rent an Airbnb on Airbnb um, an apartment that wasn't your primary residence, you would see fewer empty homes um, because people who are who are kind of currently making the economics work with it by supplementing, um, getting a little bit of revenue from Airbnb just wouldn't be able to do that anymore. And I think that they'd sell the condo to someone who was willing to live in it or someone who was willing to rent it out. And that would be a win-win. All right. Well, David, it's a very interesting study, and uh, it's a topic that gets discussed uh, very often here in Metro Vancouver. Thank you so much for joining us this morning. I appreciate your time. Yeah, it's my pleasure. Take care. Vancouver's News, Vancouver's Talk. This is News Talk 980 CKNW.